Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. something so fun today i'm so excited we have been wanting to do this for a very 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 long time so we are stoked that it is finally Finally here happening because you can listen to me and rachel talk about how great therapy is all day because we're therapists like yeah Yeah. of course we're gonna think it's great but today we have tammy with us and tammy has actually been through pelvic floor therapy was a rock star at it i'm pretty sure you were my patient when like 50 million (laughs) thousand times because (laughs) everything i asked you to do you were like done 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 and and it showed so tammy welcome to the show Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've wanted to do this for almost as long as y'all have wanted to have someone on here. So (laughs) I am super excited. The awesome thing about you is not only did you thrive with pelvic floor physical therapy, but you were such a champion of it. So you would, I remember you telling me, oh, I told my neighbor, I told, you're like, people don't even want to hear this, but I'm like, you need to hear this. And I just loved that. I loved that you not only were getting so much out of it, but that you were also helping to spread awareness because you guys are our biggest advertisers because like I said, we can say it works all day long, but they're like, of course you're going to say it works, you know? So, well, I think women have such a hard time advocating for themselves. And I think the only way to break that is to have someone like me who just makes you talk about it. I <laughs> you love just it. have to deal with it. And I watched my mom and my grandmother struggle for so many years over it. It was just the norm. Right. And I said, no, it's not. And I finally got my mom on a, a medication because at the time she let me help her. She was past doing anything else. And But um, I think they just didn't have anybody they were comfortable going to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a terrible way to live. I, I can't think of anything that doctors, males, strong personality people would go through like this that they just deal with, that it's just it's just there, and I'm just going to live like this. And I remember my dad telling me about my mom, Timmy, that's just something that all women go through. And I was like, no, yep. no. So uh, it's important. Yeah, it's something that, that we've touched on it before, but I like I remember even just being like a little girl and, you know, just hearing, oh, well, you know, yeah, you're just going to pee yourself whenever you cough or sneeze. Like, that's just part of being a woman. That's part of growing up. That's part of having kids. And I was just like, what? I was like horrified. I was like, what? And so it's, it's sad that that's what we're teaching our little girls. It's sad that that is unfortunately been perpetuated for as long as it has, but you know, we can, there's so much hope out there. There's so much, much treatment for it. And, um, so many things that we can do for it. It is not something mm-hmm. that you have to suffer through. Um, whether you are a woman that has had 18 children, whether you are a man that had a prostate surgery and anywhere and everywhere in between, you know, these things are, are treatable. Absolutely. And I think it starts when we're little because I think everybody's parents on a road trip have said, did you go to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Try again. Go right now. Do it right now. And it starts that theory of even if I don't need to go I should try yeah of going just in case I always tell my moms because I've had a bunch of patients ask me like this whole like not peeing just in case thing like is that true for kids too and I'm like yes however I will say whatever you need to do to keep your sanity as a mother and especially on road trips when you've got three four little ones do what you need to do if you need to make them go make them go but I had one patient, she was like, I've been really trying to like teach my, my oldest daughter. I think she's like six or seven. So enough to have control and kind of figure out what to do. And she's like, I've been teaching her to not go just in case and everything like that. I was like, I'm so proud. Good job. I love it. I have a niece that was very innovative when her, she was potty training her little ones. She carried their potty chair with them in their van and they had it cleaned out so that it, it kind of created a problem because for a while her little boy would only go poop in that potty chair. Oh, Not, no. <laughs> he was like, no, I need to be here. So everybody would have to move away from the van. <laughs> 
everybody get out. Oh, no. <laughs> but it solved that problem of being on the road somewhere because they live in between Emerald and Canyon, you know, things happen. And of saying, no, just try to hold it. Try to hold it till mm-hmm. we get somewhere because it's right there. It's right there in the car. Nice. That is pretty innovative. That is it. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you come to pelvic floor physical therapy? Was that something you asked for or kind of knew about, or did your doctor recommend that? How did this all come about? Well, it started, I was on a medication. I'd been on a medication for, oh, I don't know, probably six years maybe. And um, at that point, it was for me looking up things myself and seeing commercials on TV and thinking, oh, that must be what I need. Well, I have an oncologist, and he looks at my medication every time I go in, and he said, why are you still taking that? Why haven't you gotten Botox? I said, what? And he said, just go get Botox. My wife did. It worked great. It's painless. You won't have any problem. And he sent me to that doctor. And so I did. I did Botox. And, I mean, it worked sort of for a little while. And... I was like, I I just, I feel like I'm still lacking something. And so the doctor that I went to, the urologist, retired. So I went to a female urologist, one of y'all's favorites. (laughs) And I know um, exactly who you're talking about, and you don't even need to say her name. Like, yep, uh uh-huh, Yes, (laughs) Yes. and um, she said, I said, I'm just here because I think it's time for more Botox, I guess. And she said, well okay let's we'll set that up but you have you tried pelvic floor therapy and by that time I had heard it talked about and wasn't really sure what it meant I didn't know if you know things were going to be poked at me and shocked me and you know you never know when when it's something new like that and so I said no I'm all over that I wouldn't I want to try that and so um it was I believe May of last year I came to see Callie and she said, well, let's just get started. I said, okay. And she said, do you mind if I do this? And I said, nope, do whatever you have to do. Because my theory on that is you guys are the experts. And if you're asking me if you need to do something or if you can do something, you need to do that. And so it may be a little embarrassing, but just that's the best time to practice your breathing is when, you, <laughs> when you're nervous like that and just say, okay, I'm just not here and kind of do an out-of-body experience. And it's not terrible. It's not bad. It's very respectful. The exam was nothing that left me scarred. I walked out of here and I thought, I'd do this over a, a pap smear any Beautiful. Day. <laughs> I love that. That's what we love to hear. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and I did. I took right to it. Callie would say, okay, these are your new exercises. And I'd go home and I'd be like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have muscles everywhere, not just my pelvic floor <laughs> muscles. And then we hit a stumbling block because my dad passed away in July. I was about to be dismissed. And things are going to happen in life. And that's what people, I think, really need to realize, that you're not going to be perfect all the time. You're still going to have problems. If you lean toward an overactive, and y'all tell me if I'm wrong because I'm not a professional, but if you lean toward an overactive pelvic floor, situations can happen that will, and y'all talk about using your pelvic wand too. And I mean, Mm -hmm. y'all are the experts and Mm -hmm. you still use them and it just happens. We have to train just as we've been trained to do the things like anything for any training that we've had you have to break that training by starting another habit and that's the other habit and it's self-care I love you Tammy (laughs) (laughs) you're literally just like taking the words like right out of my mouth and and I I love it too because you say that you're not an expert but you sound like one like seriously like you've got all the terminology down like and you were just rolling you are you are 100% correct so I hope that that helps you know some of our other listeners that you know maybe are nervous about beginning pelvic floor therapy or think that it's maybe something that they need like seeing you and hearing you talk about your experience and the knowledge that you've gleaned after working with Callie and just the recognition that you have with your own body is like some of like that's the biggest thing that if my patients can walk away feeling in tune with their body I'm I'm done I've done my job I've done my job and like that is the biggest gift that I feel like we can give to our patients. So that is just like the most wonderful thing to hear you say. That is wonderful. 
I very distinctly remember working with you and you would come in and I, I literally was like, I don't even know that I can bill for this because I did nothing. You, you would come in <laughs> and you would tell me, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. This was stressful, this was stressful. I felt my pelvic floor starting to over-engage. I had trouble resting right at this point. So then I started my breathing and I noticed that wasn't helping. So I pulled out my pelvic wand. And at that point, I think I've got it mostly under control, but maybe we should check things out. <laughs> and you're like, I think it's this muscle right here on this side. That's what I noticed. <laughs> and I just remember like, it was like spot on every time. Like you, I didn't, usually when people are like, well, I've had a flare up and they panic. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on in your life? And you would right. come in, you're like, this is what triggered it. This is what's going on. <laughs> this awesome. is my plan to fix it. This is when, and I was just like, I don't even know. I, you just, you were so, such a joy to treat because oh, you, you. you made my job so easy and it was so fun celebrating the wins and just you, I, I love that you called it self-care because it, it really, taking it care really of your body, is. it really is. I used my pelvic wand last night. We've been running. I've been a little bit stressed. My body's been under a little bit more stress. I slept like a baby after, but like I know if I go run, sometimes my overactivity seems to kick in. And so I used it last night. And so a lot of it is an ongoing journey of self-care. And I love that you framed it that way. It's not just a fix me. It's mm -hmm. equipping you with the tools to continue to maintain health. I find the weirdest analogies, but I think it's like a pedicure or scrubbing the rough skin off your feet. Yeah. You don't scrape that skin off and it's just gone forever. I go barefoot all the time. I'm always going to have calluses. I'm always going to have tough skin down there. I'm always going to have to have a tool to get rid of that skin, that dead skin. It's the same thing with your pelvic floor. Love yourself enough to say, I'm important enough that I have to take this to wherever I need to. We could end that episode Are we done? right there. Like, <laughs> I, I got nothing else. That was, yeah. that was beautiful. That, that was, was beautiful. And I think that it just, it hits home of like, like you said, just love yourself enough to take care of yourself. Um, love yourself enough to take care, take your health care into your own hands. And we, we talk about it all the time. Like it's not embarrassing. It's not shameful. It's, it's health care. It's literally just health care. And it's, it's just as, as important as, you know, your thyroid function. It's just as important as your bone density. It's just as important as your knee pain. Like these, they all fall into the same realm of healthcare. And it is so, so, so important to take care of yourself. And the tools are out there to do it. It's just taking that first step that can be a little bit scary, but it is so worth it in the end. I did want to ask you, you mentioned you had a lot of like, am I going to be shot? A lot of fear before that. And you're like, I'm going to do it. But there was some apprehension. So how did your expectations match up with your actual experience? What was different? Oh, I had it so overblown because I like the, the exam. That was the first thing we did. And that I thought, even when you said the word the exam, but then you sat down with me and you said, here's what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to work. And that calmed me down immediately because I thought, oh, well, I'm almost 60 and I've been going for pap smears for how many years now? And if I can do, again, if I can do a pap smear, that exam is nothing. And you made me feel so comfortable with if you don't want to do it, we don't have to, we can put it off till later and we never have to do it. I then had the thought, it's my body, it's my choice, but I choose to keep my body healthy as healthy as I possibly can because nobody else is going to advocate for me I need to be my own best advocate and so I said okay let's do it and then I think it was on the second or third visit we did the biofeedback mm -hmm. thing oh I could have stayed on that all day <laughs> <laughs> because in case you don't know what that is it's hooked up to you and you can walk around you can sit up you can cough you can do whatever and you see when your pelvic floor engages and I think that was a huge thing for me because that first weekend that I went home after, I think the first appointment was on a Thursday and then I had that whole weekend and you had me keeping a diary and watching how many times I went, how often I went, what I felt like when I went. And you just told me to go home and relax. And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can do that. And it was, it was a chore to sit there even if I was just watching TV, I would sit there and I would make sure I was relaxing my pelvic floor. And I thought I'd relaxed it, but it had been so long since it worked the right way. I thought, 
did I really relax it? And that biofeedback, you know, you can see that it's actually totally relaxed. And you can't, until you relearn that, understand where that points at. That's exactly what biofeedback is supposed yep. to do. I like that. love using biofeedback. That is like one of my favorite tools that we have. And if I do have a patient that has an overactivity, that's usually my plan for that immediate follow-up mm-hmm. because if we can establish that mind-to-muscle connection like right out of the gate, it makes the rest of therapy so much easier where they're able to be like, oh, that's rested. Yeah, no, I don't do that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not there. And kind of figuring out where that is, is just makes a world of difference. So how long did it take after starting therapy before you started seeing improvements? Oh, not long at all. Probably by the third visit, maybe second, but definitely by the third. That's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was just going. Whenever the first urge that I felt Again, don't do that. The first urge I felt, and I loved the trick of rolling up on your toes. I was like, that can't work. And then I did it, and I was like, that work. <laughs> and um, I used all those things. I used what you told me, and I was going, I don't know, somewhere between every 30 minutes to an hour and a half. So I was spinning, and I just laid it off because I was drinking about a gallon of water a day, and I thought, it's just because I drink so much. But it wasn't. And once I learned to not go when I felt that first urge, it was like, oh, this is wonderful. And I know I told you <laughs> so this much story. Time. <laughs> I told you this story of when my friend and I would go to Santa Fe or Albuquerque. She would almost plan out, we need to stop in two hours because that's when I'll have to go. And I was like, I've always, Santa Rosa has always been our place because we needed to gas up. We used to go with a trailer and a fifth wheel and all that, and you have to gas up. And that would be our gas up place. And so I've just always stopped there, not because I needed to use the restroom, but because that was just a good place to stop, walk around. And I was like, okay, but it, can you make it longer? And she, I don't know, I don't know. And I said, well, let's try. And we've we've made it further. It's still a convenient place to stop, but it's not like I have to stop there. Mm-hmm. I could go, I could go all the way to Santa Fe and not go to the bathroom. It it just, but you never, I don't want to push myself too far because you can. Uh, Teachers, that's what I was Mm -hmm. in my former life as a teacher. Teachers will hold it all day long, all day. And they're proud of themselves if they go three times a day. That's Mm -hmm. a good deal. Look, I only went three times. That's not healthy. It doesn't do your body good. (laughs) Teachers and nurses are like our, Yes, I don't want to say our problem children, but it's whenever, you know, whenever we have a teacher or a nurse come in, it's always like, all right, we're going to work with you. We're going to figure out what we can do because you, you don't like sometimes, you know, you have five minutes to yourself and it's like, okay, do I want to eat pee or sit down because I'm only going to have time to do right. one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so working with, working with them in, in that sense is definitely something that we see very, very often. Uh, yeah. I remember I told a teacher, which I didn't know she was a teacher at the time. I was like, yeah, so you should be going around every three hours, seven, eight times a day and she laughed in my face and she was like with what time yeah <laughs> she was like I'm a teacher when? Yeah. when she was like we have to lock they had to like lock their doors they couldn't leave their kids mm-hmm. unattended she's like when am I gonna go seven times so. well and in elementary which is what I did first typically younger kids the youngest kids in the building are either they go to music and PE first thing in the morning or last thing in the afternoon so You've got lunch in there somewhere, but you have to walk your kids through the lunch line. So you get five minutes. So you can either eat or pee. That's just it. And so you have to, but it can be done. It's not anything. I mean, I could have planned better. It's a planned thing, I think. Mm -hmm. And I I know that's not good to say this is when I'm going to go pee, but... If you know it's going to be three hours after you got to go first thing in the morning and you've got enough time to run, run, get back, and take care of your class, that's just what you need to do. You need to look in your schedule and find the times that you can go and just do it. You yeah. just, I mean, yeah. no one in the state of Texas, knock on wood, <laughs> is going to tell you at TEA 
you may not go use the restroom while you work. I don't think they're going to, but (laughs) I would argue with them if they did. And and that's the thing. You have to, again, you have to be your own best advocate. Yeah, I love that. You have been such a good advocate for yourself, for those around you. It's You're just an amazing human. Oh, thank you. So that's been super, super fun for sure. What do you feel like was the most impactful thing you got out of pelvic floor physical therapy? You know, I'm big into meditation and that we create our own world, whether that's hectic, nervous, quiet. And I think the pelvic floor exercises added into that because breathing's a big thing. Diaphragmatic breathing is huge. But then you still have to make that time for you to do those exercises. And it should be in a calm, quiet place because even while you're exercising, you're still retraining your pelvic floor to work like it's supposed to. And so you get that time. It taught me to, to use those times for my breathing, for my meditative states, anything to settle me down, because I think that's a huge part of pelvic floor. I know I'm a very over-anxious person, and I worked really hard last night. I went to dinner with some friends, and I worked really hard. Don't think about the podcast. Don't be nervous about it. It's going to be fun. And you have to have that new outlook. We're not used to that as citizens of the United States of saying, Regardless of how this turns out, it's going to be a new experience and it's going to be fun. We may trash the whole podcast and say, we'll throw up something else. But it's we learn something from each other as we do things. And I just think that's the biggest gift of all of it. I've learned so much from you. I fangirled Rachel at our nail salon. Oh, can we please tell that story? <laughs> okay. I was getting a pedicure, and I couldn't see the front counter very well. And um, I uh, I hear this voice, and I'm like, I know. I mean, it's like it's like I'm all slumped over like you do for a pedicure relaxed. And I'm like, oh, I know that voice. I'm sitting up straight and I'm trying to lean over and see it. And she goes over to get her mani done. And I can catch then I can catch a glimpse of her. And I call one of the receptions over and I said, is that girl's name Rachel? And she said, yes. I said, OK. And I waited till I got through. And then I went over there and I said, Rachel, I've told all the nail techs about the podcast. (laughs) So if they start asking you, here's why. And here's who I am. I'm Callie's patient, but I know you very well. (laughs) She comes and she sits down next to me and my nail tech are kind of looking at each other. Like, like, is she trying to talk to you or me? Or like, what's going on? And she's just like, Rachel. I'm like, I'm so and so. Callie's my therapist. And I was like, oh, hi. Like, that's awesome. But there was definitely just this moment of like, what's happening right now? And then sure enough, like all the nail techs came over later. They're like, we didn't know you had a podcast. Tammy was telling us all about it and everything. See, I tell everybody. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, I had to sit there for a second. I was like, is this what it's like to be famous? Am I a celebrity? Like, I just got recognized in public for the first time. This is amazing. Yeah, thank you for that. She was insufferable for weeks. After. <laughs> <laughs> my head wouldn't fit through the door. Well, like, you know, nail, te- nail techs tell you about the weirdest things. And so, I, you know, I know I can share anything on this show. Oh, absolutely. Um, the first one that I went to, she described her sexual escapades to me and I was like TMI TMI but you know I just sat there and nice grinned. to meet you yeah. <laughs> like, wow. I'd like the ballet and she starts color, telling me about how she what what's the word squirts oh. yes and she was so excited and I said you realize that's urine right <laughs> and she said no it's not and I said okay tell me what organ in your body you have that releases that fluid I said, did you do that before you had kids? No. And I said, okay. Yeah. You think what she said, I'm going to believe what I want to. And I thought, okay, everybody here, listen up. It's time for you to listen to this podcast. Here's your anatomy lesson for the day. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. And so I just, and that's another thing that I, I think was so important. Your explanation and bringing out... Uh, a model of the pelvic floor and telling me where all the organs sit in it, how it works, how it bends, how it moves, all of that. Because regardless of how studious we were in ninth grade, 
biology and whatever other sciences we had along the way, nobody was listening. <laughs> nobody was talking about the pelvic floor, first of yeah, all. Yeah, absolutely. I we, think it was, I, we've t- touched on this, it, was, it wasn't until like our doctorate of physical therapy yeah. level anatomy class that we actually learned specifically about the pelvic floor muscles. Like yeah. even in my other collegiate my anatomy college, classes, yeah. we didn't really touch on it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it was just like, and this is the pelvic floor. Anyway, here's the quads, you know, and it was right. just so glossed over. And I think that that's one thing that we really try to provide is that safe environment and that open environment of, you know, like we maybe got this information once in like our sixth grade health class taught by a male PE coach, if, if that, if that. And so it's, it's one of those things where like we, like we were talking about in the beginning, you know, we need to have that open dialogue. If, if you don't feel comfortable talking to me about your problems, how am I going to treat you? Right. How am I going to provide for you? How are we going to get your symptoms better if I don't know what's going on? And so that's one thing that we always, always, always try to harp on is just creating that safe environment and just letting you know what, there's no such thing as TMI in here. Tell me everything. I want to know about your sexual escapades. Like, mm-hmm. please, like, when do you squirt? What happens? Does it smell weird? Like, what does it smell like? Like everything like that and it's you know everything that we can do to get the more and the more information that we have the the better we are we're able to treat so that's wonderful hearing it from you know the other side and from the patient side that that is what we've created I think that speaks volumes to Callie's professionalism and expertise in the environment that she creates with her patients so that's awesome absolutely and I will say I you know I've always been a big believer in teaching kids about their body and we don't do in school, even now, we still don't do a great job. We're fine that this is your bicep, this is your quad, mm-hmm. but let's don't talk about anything in between, right. except this is how you should not have sex. Yeah. And then we're done with it, and we don't want to harp on that for very long. But from the time my daughter came out of my womb, I said, this is your vagina, and, oh, my other teacher friends, they were just mortified when they found out I'd done that because she's a five-year-old coming to the school where I taught saying, I have a vagina. Just like on kindergarten cop, I was so proud where he said, I have a, I, I have a penis, she has a vagina. I was like, yes, yes. that's yes. what, because, and this, this is a more serious reason for it, is because if you've got sexual abuse going on and that child can't tell you where someone touched him or her you've got a real problem yes. and and there shouldn't be any difference in me talking about my vagina or my elbow and my friends because I'm a loud person my, when I start talking to him you can see them duck down and yeah. start because I'm like I went because I was peeing too much yeah. and you need and they were like Tammy and I'm like stop everybody everybody pees everybody poops it's not like I'm saying some forbidden thing right just talk about it. Talk to if you don't want to talk to me, talk to your doctor. That that right there, that's how we create the needed change. Yes. In this society, that mm-hmm. mindset. If everyone had that mindset, we probably wouldn't even have a job. Probably we not. wouldn't need it. Everyone would be so relaxed. No one would have an overactivity. No one would have an overactivity. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so um, stressed out. Or they'd be right in here and they'd come in and say, look, I'm overactive. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's what we want. Yeah. That, that absolutely is. I do have to say, you, you've talked a lot about how much you've learned. I learned every bit as much from you as you Aww. said you've learned from me because you are one of the most positive kind wonderful humans that I have ever met and I you've been through a lot I don't know you mentioned your your uh, oncologist earlier and I know that was something you disclosed to me early mm-hmm. on and you've just been through a lot you mentioned that setback and it was like every time you come in you were just a ray of light anytime I saw you on my schedule I knew it was going to be a good day mm-hmm. because even on your even on your bad days you came in here so kind so positive such an upbeat energy and then you would come and tell me and I've actually been really stressed and I was like I almost had a hard time <laughs> not that I didn't believe you but I was like man mm-hmm. because everything you would be like this bad this this thing this thing and I'm just I'm exhausted for you and you're like but it's okay it's still going to be a good day because my puppy is great and it's just yeah. no matter what 
awful, horrible, heavy thing was going on, you had a silver lining to absolutely everything. And you had this positive mindset and it really impacted me and it showed me, you know what, our behavior, how we look at things, how we view the world, that is a choice because you would come in and have seen your oncologist or whatever and you're like you know what it's a good day mm-hmm. and I was like you know what it's a good day because I decided it's a good day can't right. and and so that was something I really took away from seeing you and I have continued to really really try to implement that and so thank you oh, for well, that thank you those are such kind words but I will say I was diagnosed 15 years ago with chronic lymphocytic leukemia and at the time when I finally got to, I have a fabulous oncologist here, but I also give, go to MD Anderson once a year. And my doctor at MD Anderson, when I finally got there, he said, don't read anything on the internet about this. Because at that time, it all, it also, it, everything you read said, you will die within 10 years. Whew. And I was, so I was 40, let's see, it was in 2008, so I was 44. And um, I thought, I mean, dead at 54? What? I don't think I don't think I want to do that. I'm not going to do that. And I wholeheartedly believe that whatever you're going through, there is somebody right next to you that has gone through so much worse. And so it may be bad, but you just have to make the best of it. Whatever it is, any kind of trauma you've gone through, just, and I'm not saying don't shove it down, deal with it. But come out and say, I'm still going to have a great life. I'm going to, I was determined because my husband had died. See, this sounds terrible now that I say it all. My husband had died about six weeks before I was diagnosed with cancer and he died from kidney cancer. And I was like, there's only so much you can do when you're grieving. And so I was, I was a zombie. I was literally a zombie for, I don't know, maybe into two years, but not, you know, it was, it was, regressive I guess it was really bad and then it just got better and better and better slowly and um I told myself I'm still here for a reason he was taken because whatever whatever reason it was I don't need to know the reason and I don't need to know the reason I'm still here but I choose to be happy and it's a choice every single day that was you had told me that story, I think, mm-hmm. pretty close to day one. And that's, like I said, I it just, it stuck with me. And then later when you had a lot of stressful things going on in your life, you came to me one day and you said, all of this is going on and I've decided I'm going, this is like, I'm going to handle this thing. I'm going to handle one thing a day. And I swear, you had a plan and you were, even in the midst of all this stressful legal stuff Mm -hmm. going on, you said, I have a plan. I'm going to do this thing a day and I'm going to do this for my physical and mental health. I'm going to do this thing a day and I'm going to do this for, and just the way you tackled it was huge because I have a really hard time not being bogged down by just the little thing. Like I just, the little tiny things, I'm a stressor. I'm an anxious person. Mm-hmm. And so that was huge for me. And so now that you're not my patient anymore, I can yeah. tell you, I was yeah. learning way more from you yeah. than I probably you're like, well, hey, I'll say that sweet. again. Let me write that down. <laughs> like, hold on <laughs> for your chart information. <laughs> well, and I will say I'll, I'll, I'm, I share very well. I don't, I'm not a closed up person. My dad died in July. My mom died in December. I was, I still am the trustee of their whole estate and um there have been some legal battles because some people in my family think they didn't get what they deserved and so we are still it's been a year and two months since my dad died and we're still not even really arguing we're just kind of it feels like we're caught in a, a puddle of mud i'm just bogged down and every day i think i could i could just be angry bitter angry old woman was always my fear I don't want to be a bitter angry old woman and I you know I told somebody yesterday after dinner I said I turn 60 next year and so I've got to really start watching she said you're not going to turn 60 and I said well I can show you my driver's license yes I am (laughs) (laughs) and I said but I think that helps I think if you choose those things I think your skin shows it I think your body shows it I think of course your attitude your smile on the outside all of that improves 
And if you look at Tammy right now, she's glowing. Glowing. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. Glowing. Just, like, oh, thank just, you. You just, you radiate a positive you energy. You absolutely do. That's the only thank way you. I can put it. And like I said, when I was, when I was your treating therapist, every day you were on my schedule was a good day. Cause um, I knew I was either you. I had seen you and I had started my day good or I knew I was about to get to see you. And so you are, you're amazing. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you. That it's, that's so kind, but I, it is a struggle. I, you know, there are days when you've had two parents that died within five months of each other. I, for some reason now have trigeminal neuralgia. Never heard of that in my life, but my face hurts and tingles and gets numb the cold bothers it and I thought and that happened like let's see nine days after my mom died and I thought I this my plate is full I cannot do anything else and um I thought yeah you can it you're not dead you're not dead and that's the one thing you need to remember get up somebody else has it so much worse somebody has it on both sides of their face it's only on one side of my face and so I'm good and and you just have to think about those things again it's a choice if I woke up every day and just felt like I felt sometimes I would never get out of bed and that would that builds upon itself just like joy builds upon joy depression builds upon depression and if you don't break that cycle it's going to keep going and it 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 hurts every I, if you, that stupid commercial I think is so stupid where it says depression hurts everyone <laughs> it's true yeah but joy helps everyone yeah and I believe that yeah you live it too like it it helped me I um, I've never been happier right now just I know <laughs> like, this is like the most uplifting episode I think we've ever done and like you said I mean like it is a choice and truly I mean you can just see it in the way that you just hold yourself and carry yourself like you are just a happy and joyful person oh, and you. you very easily could have let all of these horrible things that have happened in your I mean in such a short period of time just absolutely drag you down into the depths mm-hmm. of despair and the fact that you're able to sit here on the other side of it and say no I choose to be happy every single day just speaks volumes to who you are as a woman and you clearly are radiating that to the people around you and I hope that our listeners can feel that as well oh, thank you. Um, and just because I, I mean seriously it is it, it is a choice and it is a difficult choice to make every single day um some days are harder than others but I mean it's just it's it's what we have to do for ourselves for our own mental health and you know it's just we could sit there and just let it let it build upon itself let it accumulate let it drag us down but at the end of the day what's that going to help it's Mm -hmm. not going to help anything so if you can just get on the other side of it and choose that happiness every single day said you're better off the people around you are going to feel better and everybody wins with that yeah I did want to say that discipline because I think that is what you have really shown is discipline in choosing you said it's a choice and Mm -hmm. you woke up and you chose it every single day that bled over into your treatment because you every single exercise everything I asked you to do you did it and say something happened you never came into me with excuses. You not once did you come in to me. Well, I haven't. Well, this happens, and the and you you would tell me, okay, so this happened. I missed two, three days, but I've gotten back on track. Here's my plan to remain on track in the future. I mean, Beautiful. there's people who I have a hang, and I, and I get it. It's hard, but I have people. I have a hangnail, so I didn't do my exercises yeah. for four weeks. Okay, <laughs> and, and I mean. You would come in, hey, I got a new puppy, so I haven't been sleeping good, so I missed a day of exercises, but I've got back on, and what I'm going to do now is make sure I do them first thing in the morning because I figured out, and you would just have it all planned, and we wouldn't have to sit there and problem solve, and okay, well, how can I get you to do what you Mm -hmm. need to do at home? It's like, great, Tammy's got it. I would maybe make a suggestion or two here, and then we can spend the remainder of our time actually focusing on improving symptoms, and that's the reason you did so well with therapy is because you were so active and you took charge and you really ran with everything I, I gave you and it showed in your recovery and it's continuing to show. So I love that. And I think that's true of any medical thing. I mean, I could have, I could have fallen into my cancer and just been in that hole for a long time, but I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, 
I'm going to kick cancer this time. And, and I did. I mean, I'm in remission now. And I, I feel like I learned from that to attack everything the same way. And, and there are fun things in physical therapy for pelvic floor. I will never forget the day I got to jump on the trampoline. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, and I've considered buying a full-size trampoline and putting it in my backyard. That's awesome. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, my gosh, you forget those things that you love to do as, as a child. And those were the things that were building those muscles up. I mean, as a kid, I didn't get down and squat. I was squatting all the time, but I didn't do two sets of 15 squats. Right. It was, oh, I'm going to crawl down here. I'm going to crawl over here. I'm going to jump up here. I'm going to do all that. And our body forgets how to do those things if you don't keep doing it. And with work, you work now however many hours you work, eight to five, whatever. You don't have time to get and roll, to get out and roll in the grass or chase your dog or run for fun. Just through the neighborhood, just arm. I think of Phoebe on Friends, yes. arms flailing, and she said, "That's not running." And I'm like, "That is what we did as a kid. We looked stupid, and we were okay with it. And we need to have we need to have that heart somewhere in us now, whatever age you are, because that helps you get through life." I will never forget the day you jumped on the trampoline. I've, I think I, I think I, I think that might have been my patient win that weekend. I remember going back and telling Rachel, I have never seen so much joy. I was gonna say, on I think someone. now that you're saying this, I feel yeah. like yep, I remember her telling because me about that. Usually, I get people on there and they're a little apprehensive. I'm like, just trust me. I got you on your there, and you were like, this is awesome. This is so great. You were bounced. I was like, please don't go through the room. <laughs> and she's like, we're don't gonna have, me. we have to stop this. And I was like, oh, it's like we do have other things we need to do but yeah yeah that was good that's awesome we had a couple listener questions that people we asked people you know what do you have for someone who's gone through pelvic floor physical therapy i think we had asked a few of them i was gonna say yeah we we've gotten um touched on some already um yeah how many sessions did it take so about two or three um this listener asked, was it hard to do the exercises at home? Was it difficult to make the time for it? Were the exercises difficult? Um, how did that implementation kind of look like? No, it, uh, they're not, you don't get that many at one time. It's, you have several you're supposed to be doing, but you don't have to do all of them in one sitting. Once they build mm-hmm. up, you do a few here, a few there. And that's the thing. You can do them in, if I have five minutes here, I may do a couple of sets of these. And then right before I go to bed, I do my breathing. And you move it throughout the day. It's not hard to work it in. It's not like a weightlifting session where you need to build up that the sets and get those muscles really working. I can do a couple of exercises in five or ten minutes, a lot of them right before bed. Um I have found that being in the butterfly position is the most relaxing for my pelvic floor. And that's not true for everybody. You need to find your own. And so when I do, after I've done all my exercises, I always go back to diaphragmatic breathing in butterfly. Beautiful. And it's, you learn your body and that's what you need to listen to is your body. You'll be able to tell when you have set your pelvic floor off and you need to stop. It's time to stop. If you need to go get your pelvic wand and use it, do that. But don't overdo yourself because you'll be right back where you were. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's perfect, perfectly well said. Um, and this next question kind of goes along with that and might be a similar answer. Um, but what was the most helpful advice or home program instruction that you received? And I'm not sure how Kelly worded this, but it was be kind and love yourself that's how it came across and it was if this one's too hard stop it we'll bring it back next time and we'll talk about it but here's what I want you to do and there was such a training to go with it it wasn't she just didn't and she easily could have she could have printed off the exercises led me to the videos I could have watched the videos and I could have done it from there but because she took that time to say let's go practice this and let me correct you where you're doing it the wrong way and help you through it so you see it's about muscle memory a lot of it if you'd start off doing it the right way your body wants to keep doing it Mm -hmm. the right way and if she can set that up 
when I get home, it doesn't cause problems. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is so beautifully well said. And I think it's, you know, kind of what I was saying in the beginning of just like, if we can give our patients that mind to muscle connection, that just get kinesthetic awareness of where your pelvic floor is, what it's doing, when you need to contract, when you need to relax, that is like one of the biggest takeaways, one of the biggest gifts at the end of, of a round of pelvic floor treatment is, uh, is just kind of that, that awareness because, you know, like we talked about, these muscles are hidden. We can't see them. Mm-hmm. You know, I can watch my bicep contract and relax. I can look in a mirror and see if I'm holding stress in my shoulders because they're going to be up in my ears. You can't look in a mirror and see if your pelvic floor is in your throat, right? And mm-hmm. so understanding, okay, where is that tension that I'm feeling? Like, okay, yes, I feel pain, but where? where is it coming from? Oh, that's my pelvic floor. Like you said, like, yep, I think it's this muscle right over here, just on this side in this exact position. Mm -hmm. That one, it gives you more power over your body. I think it makes you feel more, more in control of things that gives you that peace of mind. Um, but two, it's, it's a lot less scary. Um, cause a lot of times when we have these symptoms, especially with an overactivity, if we're having pain, it's just, Oh my gosh, I'm dying. I, I, I don't know where this pain is coming from. I just know that I'm in pain and I'm dying. And so if we can kind of understand, no, okay, this is exactly where that pain is coming from. And this is what we're going to do to fix it. It just, it makes you feel so much more at peace and so much more in control of your own body and again that's just the best thing that we could ask that our patients walk away with and I think you have to learn after doing so many and following so many exercises I think you learn your body better than even your therapist yeah because I've added in because I've had some things going on these last few weeks where I've it's like, I can't make it stop when I'm walking around. It's just all tight. And when you start thinking about it like that, it just gets tighter mm-hmm. and tighter and tighter. Even if you're trying to breathe and that won't work. So I have found there is no medical reason for this, except I love to talk. If I will start talking about something and distracting my mind, it goes away. Beautiful. And so I'll start a recipe or I'll tell my dog how to do something or anything, <laughs> anything just to talk for a few minutes so that I can relax all of those muscles. That instant urge of I have to pee right now subsides. That's phenomenal. And and like you said, I mean, that's that might be very, very specific to you. Mm-hmm. That might help a couple other people. It might do nothing for, any, for somebody else. Right. But having that awareness is again, that's, that's huge. The fact that you're able to kind of take it and run with it, you know, you're not a patient anymore, but you're still able to kind of make those discoveries and learn more about yourself along the way. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I mean, some people, it may just be pick up your phone and start scrolling through your phone. That doesn't work for me because I read something and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) even more attention. You have highlighted what I try to tell people all the time. And I feel like, number one, I feel like you have made me sound like a way better therapist than I am. <laughs> it was, you were so easy to treat that it, a lot of this came very naturally to you and you thrived in this environment. But our bodies are, you're not a car and I am not a mechanic. You don't need to come to me for the rest of your life for a tune-up. My job is not to get in there and fix you and send you on your way. My job is to equip you with the tools to continually manage your health. And if I can do that, I've done my job. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to create someone who's dependent on me for the rest of their life. I want to take someone and educate them and equip them where they can, like you say, you notice something's going on and you immediately know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. That, I'm almost in tears listening to you say that because I was well, like, that's it. That's what I tried. To, and I'm not successful with everyone. Unfortunately, we have people drop off from therapy and that's just kind of the way it works. But with you, you were by far my biggest patient win because just this follow-up with you has been oh. so uplifting for me just to hear you say, you know, no, I'm not like things happen, but when they happen, I correct, I fix and it and it's better and that that is so huge to me so I love that well you did a fabulous job because I have to tell you if I did come in and something wasn't working for me or it wasn't settling down my pelvic floor you'd say well let's try this and it wasn't oh this is definitely what you have to do it was let's try it if it doesn't work we'll try something else I've got a whole lot of tricks in my bag so we always say there's always a plan B, C. You ha- mm. you have to with pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you just have to. So 
this has been awesome. This has been so, I'm like just so peaceful, like just <laughs> hanging out. This has been wonderful. Tammy, thank you so, 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 so much for coming on here and talking about your experience. Um, hopefully it can settle the fears of potential new patients in the future um, or, you know, be enough to kind of get somebody's foot in the door. I think that this was a wonderful episode. And like oh, we said, we've yeah. been wanting to do this for a while. So thank you for for being our first patient graduation uh, guest on on the podcast. We can't thank you enough. Well, thank y'all. This has been such an honor to come in here because I listen to y'all and I'm like, oh, I could say this too. And I could, yeah. and it's so hard <laughs> because I, I have done it and, and I feel successful. I mean, I'm not, am I 100% successful all the time? No but I'm not in anything I do. So I, I know I know how to fix it now. And that's what everybody needs to walk yes. away with. I don't need to yes. walk away and say, Callie fixed my pelvic floor. There's nothing wrong with it anymore. I need to say, Kelly gave me all the tools that I needed to take care of my own body. And that is so empowering, so empowering. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> don't cry. Don't cry. Oh, that I love that. I love to hear that. I don't. I don't have anything to add. I was gonna say. Yeah. I think that's a perfect note to end on. I think your PSA this week should be to. Oh, I was gonna let Tammy do the PSA. Absolutely. Yes, I do have no. one. Oh, she's maybe got one we'll prepared. have more than. <laughs> more I, than I one. did text her. Sorry, I no, texted her and told fine. her that we often will let the guests do it and so, i thought i thought true. a lot of times i mean i thought a lot about it and trying to figure out exactly what it was and really what it boils down to is what i said before is love yourself enough to investigate what can be done for you don't wait for someone to ask if you want to do pelvic floor physical therapy tell your doctor you want to or better yet just call and make it yourself it, it, you don't ha always have to have a referral. And I did want to leave you with this quote, too. The first step towards success is taken when you refuse to be a captive of the environment in which you first find yourself. And that's from Mark Cain. Whew. That was... That was amazing. This uh, episode has been amazing. Was, thank I mean, you. Oh, thank you, said, you. You said you were honored. I have just been... I've been humbled this whole episode. Yeah. I think I just feel, I feel so honored to know you. I feel honored that you came on this, this podcast. And it was, it was my privilege to be a part oh, of thank your you. care and your treatment. And so cannot say enough good things about you. Thank, thank you, you for everything you've done that you continue to do. I know you're going to continue to help a lot of people and spread awareness for for a topic that really really needs I to be discussed so, because people need to learn that it's okay it's okay to talk about squirting peeing yep. pooping those are all okay and vagina's not a cuss word I love it <laughs> I love it I love it vagina's not a cuss word that's awesome that's I amazing. love that I love that maybe that should have been the PSA <laughs> We're, we're known to do more than one um, we have, we're known to have a hard time wrapping it up <laughs> all right well thank you guys for listening tammy thank you again yeah um we'll, we'll see you guys next week for more yeah. content bye <laughs>